Lecture Topic 27th Ramadan Asar A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Raheem Ya Ayyuhal Ladheena Amanu Jtanibu Kathiran Minal Dhan Inna Ba'da Dhan Ismu Wala Tajassasu Wala Yagtab Ba'dukum Ba'da أيحب أحدكم أن يأكل لحم أخيه ميتا فكرهتموه واتقوا الله إن الله تواب الرحيم صدق الله In the previous ayat there were three things mentioned which are things that destroy the relationship between people which destroy the peace in the Mu'ashara, in the society when these things become common then they create a lot of corruption, a lot of problems between people in this ayat another three things have been mentioned the previous ayat was about mocking, finding fault and calling each other with evil nicknames so in this ayat another three aspects are mentioned which are (coughs) extremely destructive with regards to the fabric of society, the muhabbat, the good feeling, these things become very, very serious and create a lot of problems, a lot of strife, dissension, etc. So Allah Ta'ala says, O you who believe, Ya Ayyuhalladheena amanuj tanibu kathiram minaldhan. Refrain from many thoughts, suspicions. Inna ba'da dhanni ismun. Verily, some suspicions are sin. Wala tajassasu and do not spy on one another. Wala yaktab ba'adukum ba'da and don't backbite one another. Ayyuhibbu ahadukum ayyakula lahma akhihi maitan fakarihtumu. Does any of you love? Does he like that he should eat the flesh of his dead brother? Definitely, you dislike this. So fear Allah, Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. So the first aspect that is mentioned here is that refrain from kathiram minadhan. Many thoughts, suspicions, thoughts that come in the mind, some are thoughts of a good nature. So we saw somebody he seems to be somebody pious so now from what we apparently are gauging this person definitely must be also very very punctual with his tahajjud salah for example we never ever saw on any occasion that does he perform tahajjud salah or not but looking at his apparent condition he seems to be a person very very conscious and on that basis we made this assumption so it's an assumption but it is a assumption of something on a positive note so Allah Ta'ala says refrain from many thoughts and doubts and, and suspicions this too is in a way part of this that it's also a thought in a way it's a kind of not in a negative sense but a suspicion meaning an assumption but Allah Ta'ala Therefore says, Kathiram min al-dhan, many, not all. Because this, though it is an assumption, but one won't be accountable for this. 
it's a good thought it may be true it may not be true it may be that this person mashallah is very punctual with his tahajjud maybe not it's not farz and it's possible that he has whatever difficulty so he's not making it possible but the person who made this assumption will not be taken to task or accountable for it on the day of qiyamah the other situation is that a person was seen talking to some woman for example now in passing somewhere somebody noticed he was talking to some person some woman and he then jumped to the conclusion he made the assumption that this person was talking to this woman it seems that he has some kind of haram relationship going on here so now that's an assumption it's a suspicion and now that suspicion he took it to be a fact he saw something he suspected something he has no proof for this it could have been something totally far from what he is thinking but he jumped to the conclusion so it was an assumption and this is where the problem starts that the assumptions become convictions whereas it's just an assumption the person has got no clear evidence for what he is now making a conviction about one is a person has clear evidence he has clear evidence for something the clear evidence something that he can present as proof he has clear evidence then that obviously he is then justified in that conclusion that he went to but if it is probable evidence it's probable possible but at the same time is not clear cut then it is not permissible to act on that if the action is on the note of precaution for himself he saw somebody walking the person he doesn't know what is his intention the person is walking outside his house back and forth so it is looking a bit suspicious so now he looked at the person once twice the person went up came down again he went up so now he is not sure what is the person person's intentions so he decided to be cautious so he now is standing to watch what's going on perhaps maybe his gate was wide open so he closed it out of precaution whatever other precautionary steps he took that's one part of it that's fine that's in order there's no problem with that at all but he also jumped to a conclusion that this is a thief so does he know he's a thief he has evidence that this person was involved in theft he doesn't have evidence he can take the precautions but it is haram for him to jump to the conclusion this is a thief precautions he must take it no problem but the person jumped into his scaled his wall came into his yard and now he's lurking so now this person has some evil intent that's now more likely more probable because now he scaled the wall he's lurking and he is ducking and diving and coming so now this makes it even more takes it to another level so now he can do what he needs to do to protect himself but while the person was still outside now it became the evidence has now gone to another level because he has done something he's scaled the wall he's trespassed he's come into private property 
in the night, in the dark, and now he is. So now this is another another situation. The person is walking out on the road. He can take his precautions. He shouldn't now just leave his guard down. But he still cannot jump to the conclusion that this is a thief because he doesn't know. Now after a while, he's seeing this person still going up and down. So eventually, now he decided to investigate further. Now he went to investigate further. He went to find out what happened. Now this is a similar. This is an almost example. Just came by chance, but something very, very similar happened to one person. He went out to now find DC, and what happened was that person got hijacked, and now he was stranded, and now he probably phoned somebody. So now they were going to come to fetch him. Now he out of the blue alone, that part of the night, nobody was moving on the road. Now in his Parashani in his bewilderment is walking up and down facing because he doesn't know where to go waiting now for whoever now will hopefully come and fetch him that person was in a real predicament he was in a problem and this person could have jumped to the conclusion this is a thief he can take his precautions he may ask for somebody that, look i don't know what's going on here this matter is looking a little uncertain to me we need to investigate this we need to check it out but to jump to the conclusion is a thief. We have no basis for it. It's a very fine line. It's a very, very fine line. And this fine line has to be, we have to be very careful about it. Because if we cross that line, Allah Ta'ala is warning against this. Ya Some suspicions are sin. Some thoughts become sin. Now the person made that conclusion, he said this person, somebody, we made salam to him, we passed him, made salam to him, and he did not respond. He did not respond, that was not the right thing to do, so that was wrong, but we jumped, we made a conclusion now. What was the conclusion? The conclusion is, this person despises me. This person has some evil intent against me. This person, he has some hatred in his heart for me. The time after Rasulullah just passed away, Hazrat Umar Farooq he passed Hazrat Osman Ghani. Now they were probably going in different directions. He happened to pass him. So he made salam to him. Usman didn't reply anything. So this caused some uh, thought to come in the mind of Hazrat Umar why didn't he reply to my salam? And the Sahaba Ikram were very very particular about whatever the teachings of Deen are, what the teachings of Rasulullah whatever he thought and salam is a very important aspect to make salam and to make salam is sunnah, but to reply to the salam is wajib. But this is the one occasion where the sunnah has greater reward than the wajib. The person who initiates the salam, he is acting on a sunnah. And the person who is replying, he is fulfilling a wajib. But the person who initiated the salam and acted on the sunnah gets a greater reward than the person who fulfilled the wajib now. So in any case, this perhaps hurt him in one way also. So he came to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala who is now the Khalifa, he is the Amirul Mu'mineen and he says to him that this was an 
a very strange thing I passed my brother Usman I made salam to him but he did not reply Abu Bakr summoned Hazrat Usman and inquired from him Umar passed you he made salam to you and you didn't reply so he said let alone his making salam to me I cannot even remember him passing me so I am still so overwhelmed with the passing away of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that I, I didn't even have any I was so deep in this thought and grief of mine still and so overcome by this that I can't even recall him passing me I was so caught up in whatever my thoughts were at that time I am totally unaware that he even passed me now this is another lesson in here that there was some doubt that why didn't he make salam why didn't he reply but he didn't take that and make that suspicion a conviction it was a question now but why didn't he make salam that was a question obviously so that question he got it answered he went into the matter he took it to Abu Bakr and the matter got clarified and the hearts got clean but he didn't make that probable situation that possibly there was a probability that maybe he's, he heard me and he still didn't reply now that would have been a very major story why didn't he reply then but he didn't yet make that suspicion or that probability a conviction that he deliberately ignored the salam now if that became the conclusion that he deliberately ignored the salam then now something will be built on that but why he ignored it well this must be the reason why he ignored it and now that bina'ul fasid alal fasid see now you're building something there's no foundation now you're building something on that and then you're building something on that and this whole thing is standing on no foundation it's baseless so this is the aspect Allah Ta'ala is cautioning us against, warning us against in the ba'd of banni ism conviction is something else and suppositions, assumptions something probable, that's a different matter it's probable but we have no proof to make it a conviction and when we cannot make it a conviction then we cannot act on that we can act on our end in terms of, you want to take some precaution that person now, he's lurking out there, what is going on so take the precaution but you can't call him a thief yet you have no proof for that this is a very very subtle thing and how subtle it is and how dangerous it is at the same time this has been highlighted by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam on an occasion Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in Atikaf and his wife Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala it was at night she had come to see him and then she was leaving so Nabi Islam saw her off to the door of the masjid because that was the boundary now in that time the woman would also come to the masjid for salah but this was discouraged and in the time of the sahaba itself already this was paved from this the basis of this was already laid by none other than Rasulullah but in his time there was a need to allow the woman to come so that they may also learn the ahkam of deen everything was still new fresh and they had to also simultaneously learn but Nabi Islam himself paved the way for this to be now moved 
where some sahabia comes and she asks that I want to be coming and performing my salah in the masjid behind you. Nabi Salaam says to her that your salah in the outer part of outer room of your home is better than your salah in the masjid. Which masjid? The masjid of Rasulullah sallam. Behind who? Behind Rasulullah sallam. And the salah, this is the salah in your courtyard. The salah in the inside of your home is better than the salah in your courtyard. And the salah in the inner recess of your home that is better than the salah in the outer room. So this was already paved from that time. And Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, then later Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anha, they then set this rule. Any case, so when Nabi Sallallahu was now just seeing her off, at that time two Sahaba happened to pass. And as they passed, they noticed Nabi Sallallahu is talking to somebody or walking with someone. So they quickly moved on. They noticed it's some lady and they quickly moved on. As they moved off, Nabi Sallallahu said to them, just hold on. And then he said to them, Innaha Safiya. This is my wife, Safiya radiallahu anha. So they realize what is being said, that Nabi Salaam is concerned that perhaps we may have thought something else. So this became a very big burden on them and they said Subhanallah, meaning can we, can we ever entertain and is it possible that such a thought can ever come in our mind regarding the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala that there's perhaps some strange woman here, meaning we can never ever, our mind can never go in that way. Nabi, despite the fact that this was their situation, but Nabi also wanted to set the standard. And he said that, Inna shaitana yajri fi ahadikum majraddam. That shaitan flows in you or moves in you like how the blood flows in your veins. Meaning he is, has full access to your mind and heart to try and corrupt it if that mind and heart is remembering Allah wa ta'ala it is not in ghaflat then shaitan doesn't get access to it but in that moment of ghaflat shaitan then he injects his waswasa so I was afraid that he put something in your heart put something what? put something that in that moment some badgumani that perhaps this was some strange woman and badgumani for the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala would be kufr. If that evil thought came into the heart and was entertained with regards to the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, if it was entertained on that level that it became badgumani, because it's the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, that would have become kufr. So Rasulullah nevertheless, though the Sahaba were the Sahaba, but he took the precautionary step of clearing the matter. That look, don't think anything else. This was my wife. But the point in this is that how dangerous this matter is. That while obviously this was the matter of Rasulullah so harboring this badgumani and evil thought and ill thought would result in kufr. This kufr won't apply to anybody else. If a person had badgumani and ill, feel ill thought about somebody else, that won't lead to kufr. But it's still a sin, an major sin. And now that too is an amal. When a person made that a conclusion in his heart and mind, that is an amal, it's an action. It's an action of the heart. And this action got recorded in the book of deeds. Now it got recorded in the book of deeds, 
So on the day of Qiyamah now, a person will be asked about this. He'll be taken to task, he'll be questioned. And he will be made to, where's the proof? Present the proof for this Amal. You made this Amal, this was an action of the heart. And this was the conclusion you made in your heart, where's the proof? Once in a battle, one Sahabi, he came face to face with one person and he attacked, that person attacked him and in return then he was now about to strike him. At that moment that person decided, La ilaha illallah. But he went ahead and he still killed him. After they returned, this matter was reported to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu called him, Hazrat Usama radiallahu ta'ala He asked him, what did you do? So he says, but he had already attacked me. And now when I raised my sword to hit him, now he was just trying to save his life. And merely in order to save his life, he recited the kalima. Because this is in the midst of the battle, it's in war, he's already attacked and now he saw that now he is not going to be spared because I suddenly got the upper hand. So he just tried to save his life. So Rasulullah responded and said, an qalbihi. Why did you not go and open his heart and see? Aqalaha amla, whether his heart said the kalima or not. You are saying he was just saving his life, meaning only his tongue said it. His heart was empty of it. He didn't say it from his heart. He wasn't sincere. That's the conclusion. He was not sincere. So, the sincerity is in the heart. You should have first checked the heart. Now, the physical heart, if somebody goes and cuts it open, he's not going to see any sincerity there. That there's some different color blood running in here. This is the sign of sincerity. Or... Uh, some other indication physically you know physical this was meant to explain that when this is beyond your capacity to determine it's impossible for you to judge that sincerity that whether this kalima was recited sincerely or whether it was recited just lip service that is something you don't have any idea you can never know it if you go and cut up his heart you still can't know it so when that is not in your capacity to know, how did you jump to that conclusion? And why did you act on that supposition? You made the supposition a conviction. Now this was in the heat of war, in a spur of a moment, a mistake took place. And Hazrat Usama radiallahu ta'ala became very perturbed on this. And he said, Istaghfirli ya Rasulullah. It was now, it was a very severe mistake, but it was a mistake in the spur of a moment. There's a mistake in the heat of battle. There's a mistake in the middle of a war. It wasn't just an ordinary situation. And in such a situation, that mistake is not something far-fetched to happen. But then nevertheless, he asked Nabi Sallallahu Istaghfirli Ya Rasulullah. That make dua of maghfirat for me. In response, Nabi Sallallahu says, Halla shakakta an qalbihi. Why didn't you open his heart? Again he asks, again the same answer. Meaning this, Severity was being impressed on the heart. Allah's Nabi would certainly have made dua for him later. But at that occasion, he continued repeating the same thing. And in, in response, what Nabi said, said, What are you going to do with the kalima when it comes on the day of Qiyamah? He's saying, Istaghfirli ya Rasulullah. 
Make dua of maghfirat for me. Nabi Sallallahu says, what you will do with the kalima when it comes to the day of Qiyamah? Meaning when the kalima will come and demand that I was recited sincerely by somebody but you took it as something that was just recited lip service. So now when the kalima is going to come and make this claim against you, how are you going to respond on the day of Qiyamah? So this was to highlight how dangerous this is, how severe this matter is and how important it is that a person is careful, is cautious in this regard, doesn't jump to conclusions. He can take his precaution but without jumping to any conclusion. He cannot make any judgment about the person's heart. He can make judgment about a person's action. person's action is wrong, we'll say it's wrong. Somebody is doing something which is wrong, which Shariat has declared as wrong, then there is no question about what is wrong being right. But if there is something which is not a clear-cut wrong, and it can become wrong dependent on the person's intention. So we have no basis to know what is in intention, that's in his heart. If a person recited the kalima, person said something now, he recited the kalima, but if he said it insincerely, it's not in his heart, then that recitation is nifaq. And if he recited it sincerely from his heart, that is iman. Now to go to the conclusion that is iman is straightforward, that's a positive thing. And that's what we are expected to do and we have to do. But to go to the conclusion that it is nifaq, that we need proof for, what proof can we have? Where can we present proof for that? So we are obliged to take it as iman. There's a chance it was nifaq. But we don't know. And we can never go to that conclusion. Because what is in his heart, we can't see. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala save us from all these aspects that harm our iman and make it a problem for us on the day of qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala protect us.